double check it there just in case. So we should be good. And I'm going to mute us. Right, let's try that again. Okay, so delete the first minute. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And then Jake, we're coming into another series here. So if you're just joining in the middle, what, what are we doing today? We are talking about uh, the Pharisees, and this is going to be part three. So if you missed part one and two, go back to that. That's right. So this will be in a playlist playlist that you can find in YouTube. And we suggest you listen to it uh, from the beginning and not start in the middle, although I have been known to read a book that way, Jake. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and uh, yeah, we've brought up reading books that way, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. start, start at uh, Matthew That's and read right. all the way to, to... To Revelation. To Malachi. Malachi. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we encourage you to uh, to like the playlist, like the video, share it with someone. If you ha are connected on social media, please share it in your social circles and let them know about it. And uh, we like comments. We read the comments. That's right. Every um, one of them. That's right. And we even come back and heart the comments and like your comment. So if it's a good comment, we, we, you scratch, we like it. Yeah, you scratch our back, we'll scratch your back. That's how we live our lives. That's right. That's right. Well, we're glad you're here, and we are talking about the Pharisees. And so, Jake, real quick, can you, like, summarize what we've been talking about in the Pharisees? Yeah, so kind of the premise of this is the idea that um, have you been called a Pharisee? And I think if you're in the Torah walk, you've probably run into people who have called you a Pharisee for going back to them old laws that— uh, are a heavy burden that no one can bear. So um, that's kind of the premise of this series, and we're just pointing out certain things. Uh, I know we uh, touched on things like uh, Acts 10. Uh, we talked about things like, uh, um, let's see, what the we... 11 of the Pharisees yep. we talked about. Um, we had a whole list of things that we'll pull up again um, and we talked about, um, you know, a lot of people associate anybody that follows Torah with someone who's a Pharisee. And we talked about how the Pharisees were not a good example of Torah keepers because they weren't Torah they, Yeah, they didn't do a good job. Didn't do, you know, in some ways people think they did a great job, 
but they didn't. They added to it. They took away. They did all the things that Scripture says not to, especially like in the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Revelation. It says don't take away, don't add, and that's exactly what they did. And, and remnants of it still exist today where people put more hope, faith, and trust in the oral traditions and the sages than they do God's Word. Right, and that's kind of how we ended up here. Yep, and so that's where we are at Pharisees Part 3. Right. Pharisees Part 3, have you been called a Pharisee? And, yes, I have. Me too. And so we're going to jump in at Matthew twelve two. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. Not lawful according to what, Jake? Well, yeah, that's this is uh, the plucking of the ears, right? They're plucking the grains and eating them. And mm -hmm. he's like, you can't be doing that. It's unlawful to do on the Sabbath day. And then uh, I presume the the question to that is, okay, point out which law I'm breaking by doing this. Yeah. And yeah. the point is they can't point to one because they're not breaking it. A, sab a well, Sabbath command. Well, actually, you can find a Sabbath command that they were supposed to leave the grain in the fields so that poor people, when they walk through, would have something to glean. Right. That that was commanded. Yeah. So, so and it wasn't against Torah to eat on the Sabbath. <laughs> right. So, and uh, that would not be considered work, uh, you know, running your hands across some grain and uh, getting rid of the shaft so you could eat it. Uh, you know, that now if you've got your fork out and you're, do, you know, using a tool, you know, that, that that is a different scenario, especially if you're, like, trying to clean it to sell it. You know, yeah, that, but they're not doing that. They're just snacking as they walk through a field. Yeah, and I think people get... Uh, what this is really going to is the harvesting. Oh, you're harvesting yeah. on the Sabbath. Well, no, I'm just eating out of the out of the field mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i mean imagine you are um living in the wilderness yeah and that's your food is mm -hmm. you know what's growing in the wilderness and and opening up a head of grain is no more difficult than opening up your candy bar yeah <laughs> it's, it's about you know so you i don't think people would call that work or whatever package you're getting your food out of, which, unfortunately, many of us have packaged food sometimes. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, so what, what they're talking about here is uh, they're, trying to, they're trying to get him on, on uh, harvesting on the Sabbath. That's not what they're doing. Um, they're just eating food. And so, um, but if you look at what was added to the Sabbath commands, this would have been something that broke what what they would consider yes a that, that command. would be their own rules right that they put in place and we'll move on so acts 10 28 jake what does this one say so this is we touched on this last time uh but it says and he said to them you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation but Yahweh has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. So we went through all this, and uh, one of the other parts, if you missed it, go back and check it out. And there's a lot of teachings on Acts 10, so we're not going to rehash that here. But it's unlawful 
according to what? What's so what they're saying is unlawful is for a man that's a Jew to keep company or come unto one of another nation. So a Gentile. Not allowed to hang out with the Gentiles. Or and you're not allowed to go and it seems like, you know, go to their homes and stuff like that. It it's saying don't hang out with them, those Gentiles. You're saying Torah says that? I'm saying why does Peter here oh. say that there's a it's unlawful for that to happen. Right. You know that it is unlawful to hang out with the with the Gentiles. Okay, unlawful according to what? Yeah, it's not according to Torah because you can't find a scripture that says that uh, that's unlawful. In fact, there's scriptures that say if the foreigner comes amongst you and they want to do what you do, you you let them in. You let them do it. Right. So that that seems to be kind of opposite. It's of it's that. precisely opposite. <laughs> yeah. So it's it, what's funny is it's hard to it's hard to prove a negative, but it's like point to the law that says this. Mm-hmm. And and really what they had made this was an exclusive club. Yeah. This is a country club and the fair but the Pharisees were the fair the party of the people if you will, the commoner. They related to the working class guy more than the Sadducees where the Sadducees were more aristocratic. Uh, you know, the aristocratic, the uh, one percenters of the society, if you will, and the Pharisees were more more the commoner kind of guy. Yeah. And then we're going to see... Uh... But but what this does, too, is this is setting up kind of a, a class thing, like, I'm too good to hang out with you, and, and that's unfortunately how people took it, and unfortunately, I believe there are still today people who have that attitude right. with some of this stuff. It carries over today. It didn't just stop there. Exactly. It's a uh, <clears throat> it's a uh, people problem. Yeah. It's a common yeah. people problem. Yeah. yeah. To set up these groups. Mm-hmm. So look it up. See if it's true. Try to find it in Torah. And so if you're just now, like, you've never heard this before because most of us heard about Jesus and he talks to the Pharisees and you're like, yeah stick it to the man stick it to those jews he's such a rebel you know that's that's kind of how i've heard people you know preachers talk about it you know that he's just really sticking it to him yeah and uh he he was but he's sticking it to these guys that lorded over authority upon others that's yeah he, who he's sticking it to he's, he's not sticking it to them for the reasons that you're taught yeah is, yep. is the point yeah yeah so check out also these other verses we're going to go to these um so um as in the last couple verses you know where's it unlawful to associate with sinners right and we'll see how that's it's kind of opposite when issue is around and when the Pharisees saw it, this is Matthew 9, 11. When the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? So here's Yeshua eating with publicans and sinners. And and we were talking about that before. You know, who was not a sinner that ate with Yeshua? Right, probably everybody. Everybody. <laughs> so, you know, I can remember thinking, oh, yeah, he ate with the sinners. Yeah. But every human <laughs> is into that category, except for him. Right. So, so we're like, uh, 
so he ate with uh, his family and yeah. <laughs> and everyone he associated with. Yeah, yeah. But you you know, and you can almost get why they hated the publicans or the tax collectors because a lot of them were. Or taking your money, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they're they're taking my money. Taking money, and they took a cut off of whatever they could get, basically. And uh, yeah, they, they they didn't have a good reputation. And then Luke seven thirty six through thirty nine, and one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus said at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment. And she stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. He I think that was like, I think that's how he said it. Mm-hmm. So uh the Pharisee here doesn't really see himself as clearly he's not seeing himself as a sinner. Surely he wouldn't sin. Mm-hmm. But uh I the thing is they're counting sin as against what they want to do. <laughs> yeah. so I wouldn't do anything that I didn't want to think was right. Right. So it's it's that uh, when you hear um, when you hear someone say, "Well, I heard a message from from God, and He said it's okay to eat whatever I want," you're like, well, "God sounds an awful lot like you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. He seems to have the same exact. You speak with a Texas accent. <laughs> it's funny how He just uh, affirms everything that you that you think. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this is. They're they're appalled so at the fact that he's allowing this sinner to touch him, and so where in Torah does it talk about that? Nowhere. Yeah, there's no scripture saying that uh, a Gentile person cannot touch you. So an, an example of this would even be Rahab when she hides them. You know, um, it doesn't necessarily say that. They interacted by touching, but they were in close proximity in a small space. They were in her so, home, in her house. So, and she was not, you know, considered. She was most people would consider her Gentile, um, and um, they clearly interacted with her, and they they save her, and probably of an know, unclean nature. Probably, probably, yeah. It might have even her occupation may have even been somewhat questionable. But <laughs> anyway, study that out. Luke 15, 2. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So there's, I think you see a pattern here. There's this idea that you're not to associate with the, this, the, the common and unclean people, which are the, the sinners, which are the people of the other go- nations, the goim, the people not of the sect of the Pharisees, mm-hmm. like you even see this when uh, uh, Paul walks in and Peter's hanging out with the the Gentiles, and then Paul walks in one door and the Pharisees walk in the other door, and well, the sect of the circumcision walk in the other door, 
and Peter gets up and he's like, oh, whoa, I, you shouldn't, I, I wasn't here eating with them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, so yeah, that's that same deal. And it was, and he was rebuked to his face because that's not, that's not scriptural to not eat with them. So that's kind of where, where that comes from. So you see the pattern of, of how that happens. They, yeah. they keep going down this, this path of, um, the keeping the sect together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. And then Jake, tell us a little bit about these. You, you found some of this and. Yeah. So we brought this up in a previous episode, but, uh, this is a list of places that where there's negative, the Pharisees have negative mentions or have twisted or rejected, uh, uh, the law of Yah. So, this is, we pulled from Kingdom in Context, so if you ever listen to his stuff, you'd see him mention this, and I just kind of screen grabbed it on one of the things I was checking out with him, and uh, so we put a link here so to a playlist you'll be able to find. With an annual public hunting permit, you have public so you watch hunting ad. permits. Yeah, you'll be able to find your hunting permits there. But we will have this available <clears throat> online, and that link should should work. Uh, if you want to link back to it and watch it, but um, but it's a but it's a good place to look at and get some of that information. Yeah, and go check out these verses for yourself and see if that's actually, you know, is that actually a negative mention of of the Torah in those sections? So, or is it a negative mention of the people who did the twisting? Yeah, so check it out and be the Berean. Test test the scriptures. Test what people are saying. Yep. And eventually we'll get to the right thing. All right. Okay, Matthew nine fourteen. Then came to him the disciple of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples fast not? So, yeah, this is... And then we have this note down here. Traditional fast days of the Pharisees. And you'll see a pattern start to develop here, too. Um, and then he he goes on to say... Well, you know, the bridegroom is here with them. No need to fast. Yeah, it's party time now. Yeah, yeah. But another example of how the Pharisees added and did additional things that were not in Torah and basically just were making up making up stuff as they went, basically. Right, so they had fast days. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that the sun went down faster. faster. Although it seems to be doing that right now in the winter. Yeah. So here, Luke 18, 11 and 12, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, Elohim, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So, <clears throat> um... So he fasts twice in the week. So we're seeing a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and traditionally, this would have been specific days of the week that they fasted. Have you heard of that concept? Uh, I mean, in the scripture, <clears throat> I knew that it was here. But yes, that they definitely had additional fast days that were not prescribed and laid out in, in the Torah, for sure. And in, in this whole passage, it, 
for sure is uh comes across as very arrogant very like i am so glad i'm not like that dirty <laughs> filthy rag over there <laughs> you know it does totally come across as is that way and and that's the intention for sure uh, uh, this story i believe right and, and that's uh that's kind of what we get out of this is they're putting themselves above everyone else and saying they're not sinners and what do we <clears throat> that's even the message we get at church right is that mm. um he's saying you know he's better than these sinners and we, they would say but he's a sinner you know he's he's not accepting the fact that he's also a sinner yeah um it's just better they you know better than you are and that's kind of where you uh, go down when you make your if it's church or whatever you do even even you could make your torah community like this if you're not careful right where you make yourself better than everyone else and be like oh i could never be with those people mm -hmm. and um you know in the y'all put us in the world to to influence the world not to completely isolate and never see anyone and interact with anyone right and we we read a, a verse on that and let's see first corinthians talks about that about i believe it's chapter five about if you're if you're gonna not associate with sinners you might as well take yourself out of the world because you can't do that yeah yeah so and then we have a note here consider romans 14 I think we're going to go look at Romans. Yeah. So, and kind of like you were saying on that last one about the idea that this guy was, he was kind of putting himself on this pedestal. This is like the Pharisee of Pharisees. I do all these listed things and he would have been the one to stick to the, the specific feast days for the week or fast days. Sorry for the week so um so we're kind, kind of going to get into that on this section here uh so romans 14 him that is weak in the faith receive you but not to doubtful disputations for one believes that he may eat all things another who is weak eats herbs let not him that eats despise him that eats not and let not him which eats not judge him that eats for elohim has received him who are you that judge another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Yea, he shall be holden up, for Elohim is able to make him stand. So just uh, real quick here, um, he says this word eat several times. Uh, just make note of that. And so, Jake, do you think he's saying you can eat all things? clean um, and unclean no because the the um the context of this is uh meat sacrificed to idols for one and the other thing we're gonna kind of see later is it's so like right here verse two one, one believes he may eat all things another who is weak eats herbs that's because in the in the marketplace there was um if you got meat from the marketplace it was likely sacrificed to an idol so someone would say well i'm not eating the meat because that's sacrificed to idols and so that's a thing um so that's kind of the context here and we'll well and i think that's important to to point out because 
because I could see how you could be like, it says right there, all things. But when you think about what it's saying, the other with the other piece of herbs, well, all things would include herbs. Yeah. So why would you differentiate if if that's not what it's saying? Uh, you know that doesn't make sense. You 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 don't point out that difference if if it's contained in up above. You know because all things would be herbs, but he's saying uh, the context is eating uh, clean. The the meat that they're eating would have been clean, and some people said I can't eat this clean meat because it may have been sacrificed to an animal, and I don't want to eat that. And some people would only eat vegetables because they didn't want to partake. Right. And so it is not saying, but, but I've heard people talk about this and use the scriptures clean and unclean. Yeah. And eventually, and a rabbit trail. eventually we'll go back and we'll, we'll do a whole thing on Romans 14. Um, at least that's in the plans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's continue with the, this section and then uh, we'll kind of go into all the rest of what, what the point is here. So, uh, starting at verse 5, one man esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regards the day regards it unto Yah, and he that regards it regards not the day uh, to Yah, he does not regard it. He that eats, eats to Yah, for he gives Elohim thanks, and he that eats not to Yahweh, he eats not and gives Elohim thanks. So, People will take this, uh, uh, one man esteems one day above another, another esteems every day alike. They'll turn this into a Sabbath debate. But as you can see, it's sandwiched by eating context. The context here is eating, it's not Sabbath. Sandwiched. Yes, eating sandwich. That's right. So remember what the point is to of bringing this in. Can, why are we even considering Romans 14 and what we were talking about? It's because we just talked about the guy that, um, the Pharisee who fasts twice a day or twice a week. And so, um, so here it's showing he that eats or doesn't eat, right? In the verse six here, he's saying the, the whole context here is the person that eats or doesn't eat. And neither one is necessarily right or wrong. He's saying, if you're doing it, do it to Yah. If you're fasting, don't be doing it for your own benefit like uh, the Pharisee was doing in the previous example. And if you're fasting, it's not bad to fast. It's good to fast, but do it to Yah. In fact, what did Yeshua say to do when you fast? Oh, let, let not your... Let not it be known that you're fasting. Don't don't run around with a pout on your face and holding your stomach. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you're doing it the way he said, nobody would know if you're fasting. Not because it's not a thing you do for attention for right. men, and that's part of being the Pharisee. And and you know, and you can make a strong argument that there are many. You know, I hate to say, but don't, you know, like people of faith, people that go to church, sometimes those things become badges of outward expression that people define themselves by and define others by. And they do kind of go around sometimes piously 
going, look, I go to church every time the doors are open. I am not like that guy who only comes on Christmas and Easter. <laughs> right. And so there's definitely that kind of thing that happens in the church, which is, you know, when you study out the Pharisees, you will see that uh, it's still alive and that idea is still alive and well today. Yeah, and it's not... I think one of the things, too, is it's not limited to church people no, or unchurch people. Yeah. In different ways where, you know, management or somebody's like, I can't do that. You know, they're just, the, the, yeah, this idea and attitude can go into lots of things. And when it does, it's going to cause problems. Yeah. And even in, uh, you know, if you're, even in the Torah community, if you're doing it to check your check boxes and, and, look good to the people around you, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. And then Matthew twelve fourteen. then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him about how they might destroy him. Hmm. Seeking to destroy that which threatens their power. So they definitely saw him as a threat. Right, so <clears throat> you'll have to remind me where in the Torah does it talk about if your enemy is around, um, just plan on how you can destroy them? It doesn't say that. So, in fact, Yeshua said, uh, be nice, and it would heap uh, burning coals on their head. Right. So, definitely um, goes against that narrative. Right. I could see someone saying, though, uh, something along the lines of maybe, well, Joshua went into the promised land and destroyed him. his enemies. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not what they're talking about here, okay? Yeah. It's a completely different concept. You'd have to show in Torah where it says, hey, uh, whenever someone is uh, against you, you smite them. Yes. Like, as a, as a rule. Mm -hmm. As a <laughs> There are lots of scriptures where they smote people that were against God, against Yah. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, there there were some people like that, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, and who are they consulting here? Are they consulting Yah, how they can destroy this threat to, to yeah, Yah's like community? They just they had their secret council, and they even went into a more secret council. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, to have this. The discussion. inner circle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe more exclusive. So they're not consulting Yah. They're not consulting the Spirit. They're consulting themselves and saying, "What do we want to do?" All right, Jake, you point this scripture out a lot. It's in Matthew twenty-three two through three. So yeah, this one's pretty straightforward. Saying the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses's seat. All there, all therefore, whatsoever they bid you observe. That observe and do, but do not you after their works, for they say and do not. This is like nailing the coffin right here. I mean, there there's a few verses where it's very explicit. This is one of them. They say and do not do. So were they righteous doers according to the, the Torah? Righteous doers in their own eyes. Right. They were right. But according to the Torah? Cause so this uh, sitting according in. According to Torah. Right. What's this sitting in Moses' seat thing? Well, definitely what I've heard you say about this is he specifically tells them to do 
uh, what they do when they're speaking Moses. And so they sit in Moses' seat when they read Torah. And he's saying when they're reading Torah, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> right. But when they're reading their own thing, the, the which becomes the Talmud later, their, their oral tradition, that uh, you're not supposed to be a part of that because they're going off the rails at that point, and that's not for you. Yeah, you're saying when they're reading the Torah, do that. And when they're not doing the Torah, don't do that. Yeah. Because they're saying it and not doing it. And how many times did he say that? He said it over and over. He said, don't don't be like the hypocrites and, and don't do, um, you know, he just he just nails them over and over about how they they lived this this lifestyle where they where they stood up in the in Moses' seat and they they talked the way they were supposed to. Yeah. They read the Torah accurately. I don't believe they read it wrong, but then they didn't do it. Right. They didn't live it out. They didn't follow it. Um, and they put their uh, they they put more trust in their own in- interpretation of it or their own words or the people before them and rabbis and different teachers that they held in high esteem and said these words are more important and uh, they they took it they, just in places where it's never intended they they elevated themselves and their tradition above Yah's word right and that's the problem exactly and that's easy to do for for men yep. Men like attention. There are men who like control, and people, especially when you give them some power, uh, that they, they can go bad. It can happen. Yep. Believe it or not. And then Matthew twenty-three four through six, for they bind. This is what happens. They bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and they lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move one finger to help. I didn't say it didn't say help, but I added that. But all <laughs> their works they do are to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments and love the uppermost rooms at feast and and the chief seats in the synagogue. Well, who doesn't like the chief seats? But yeah, you know, I can't help but you know, I can it's easy. This is such a good picture because it, you can see in your mind this person an animal we've we've seen somebody under a heavy load and we've also seen like the boss or other people just sitting back watching and uh, not willing to lift a finger in fact sometimes making it more difficult for the person you know maybe making fun of them or belittling them or you know just making it more difficult and that's kind of what the pharisees did yep and this is you know kind of i mean this is this you know extension from the last slide of course but um there it's it's another idea of them saying and not doing they're they're making they're telling you you need to do something but then they themselves don't do it and they went to great lengths to appear righteous they wanted people to look at them and go ooh they are so holy can you believe how holy that guy is i can't believe look at his phylacteries you know <laughs> that's something when we we're like back when you're allowed to say that well, yeah what is a phylactery and why is it so big jake what is it <laughs> so my understanding of the phylacteries is whatever you would uh memorize of scripture it would go into a little box little box and, and then it would like the bigger the box was on your head full of uh 
full of memorized verses, the the better you were because, ooh, he must be real smart. Look how smart he is. His phylactery mm-hmm. is poking me in the head. Yeah. Well, and so women are looking at the men going, wow, would you look at the size of that phylactery? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe you know, so they lo- that was kind of like, you know, how the the birds, you know, the pretty birds, they, they stick their chest out and they look pretty. Right. So it's kind of that that idea, but they they definitely were trying to draw attention to themselves, and I think that that is the problem. You know, when, when you know just just thinking about wearing something that big, it kind of seems ridiculous the way you described it, and um, you only do that for people to look at you. Yeah, you it's go. virtue signaling. Yeah, today exactly. we would call it virtue signaling. That's right. That's what it was. Right, and that's what this enlarging the borders of their garments. It's wearing their tassels that are dragging on the ground and that you could not miss if you're a hundred yards away, you know, oh, here comes the guy with the, the tassels on. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that this, this last part too, they wanted you to cut with, if you came into where they were to be, Oh, come here, come here. Oh, you're the Pharisee. You get to sit here, sir. Yeah. And that's what they wanted. And then Yeshua even talks about that at the, he talks about not taking that seat of honor uh, because someone may come pull you out of that seat of honor and you not get it. But, but definitely that was a thing, you know, sometimes that gets lost in translation, but we still do that today. You know, if, if the president came, uh, the current sitting president came to your work and you normally sit in a certain place up at the front, um, they, they probably would move you uh, and things would be different, but yeah. But we do, we still do that seat of honor for people. But, but it's it's different when someone comes in and expects it. Right. So yeah, the tassels are meant for you to see, not your neighbor. They're for when you look at them, uh, to remind you to keep the commands, not for your neighbor. So, uh, just so that's this whole thing is the, an example the, of them. The borders of their gar- garment are their tassels that they wore. Yeah. Yeah, and so that whole thing is a a man pleaser mentality. Yeah. So, and it said, yeah, the upper rooms at the feast, right? Mm-hmm. So then Yeshua came right back and said, Hey, you shouldn't be going to them feasts. Those are silly. And, uh, no, nope. that's all Torah stuff. You shouldn't be doing right. He didn't say that. In fact, you might say he went to the feasts. Yes. You might say that because he did go to the feasts. Yes. So yeah, right here we go. Uh, does he say that Pharisees are wrong for going to the feast, and by doing so, they're denying Messiah, right? Because you hear that a lot too. You'll get called a Pharisee who's denying Messiah by keeping the feast days. Well, we have M- Messiah now, so we don't need to do the feast days. And then, but we'll do Christmas. Well, what's that for? Well, to remember the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you think the feast days are for? Yeah, yeah. yeah they actually point necessary. to Messiah. Yeah. Yeah, and then so the the other thing on that is um, uh, that I like to ask people when they say, "Well, if why are you doing the feast days? They're a shadow, right, of the thing to come." Well, also, marriage is a shadow of what we our relationship with with Yah and with the Messiah. So why why don't you stop doing that? If you if you're yeah. so serious about not following the shadow picture stop marrying each other it's it's so contradictory it it drives me nuts because i don't know just some critical thinking would would narrow it down i think Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and his his message was all about servant leadership, and and I think one reason he was so much about servant leadership is because they so didn't get this. This was not what they were doing. They were not serving the people. In fact, they walked in and they expected to be served. Yeah. So it was beneath them to do that. And that's why that part of his, what he did was, was revolutionary because uh, they weren't doing it, but, uh, but, but he wasn't doing anything not found in Torah. Um, you know, he was, um, you know, he was living it out as right. a servant. And as we say here, his message is against man pleasing, not Yah pleasing. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it was the practice of the Pharisees to say you had to believe like them to be a member, which is like denominationalism. It's very similar to that, isn't it? It's so it's yeah, they might it kind of sticks out. I don't know. They definitely there was definitely a procedure to be a member and to maintain your status. Yeah. Matthew twenty three thirteen, Jake. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer you them that are entering to go in. So what we're pulling out here is this word hypocrite, right? They're, so a hypocrite is a play actor, right? And we saw before they say and do not do. Um, so they're they're essentially putting on this show for everyone around them to see how great they are. And that's why they're called hypocrites. Um, and, and they were looking for that. I think they were fishing. They were wanting people to be like, oh, wow, you must be so smart. I mean, or so holy that, that they were looking for that. And, right. and if that's your focus, um, that is wrong. You're in the wrong, you've got it wrong. Yeah, exactly. And uh, um, let's see. I think that's it. Let's go back a few verses or a few slides. One more. Yeah. Uh, so it ties into this. As you can see, we're still in Matthew 23. This heavy burdens that they're binding. So people would say, well, that's the Torah commands. They're, those are the heavy oh, burdens. Those are they're binding. binding. They're heavy. Yeah. yeah. And my burden is easy and my yoke is light, right? So that's the distinction people will make. But you got to consider what were these heavy burdens that the hypocrites were heaping on others that they weren't keeping themselves. Yeah, so, I think that's a good uh, a good thing to point out because most of us who grew up in church, you were taught that he is talking about the heavy burden of the law and Yeshua didn't have the law. Well, that just doesn't make sense because um, he helped write the law and the Torah. It said he is the word and, uh, you know, John 1, 1. Um, so yeah, that doesn't even make sense, but that is what we're, what we're taught, I believe, and that he comes and makes, uh, it makes, takes all that away in, uh, it's a it's a light burden, uh, right? But, it, but but the reality is, it was men who put this heavy burden and put all these extra rules and laws. and And if you put in the comments, if you've been to churches, you've been part of organizations that maybe did this to someone where they put all these extra rules, and they may have even kicked someone out of church or put a lot of pressure on them, so much pressure that they left because. Maybe they had long hair or 
something get out of here you hippies yeah something that they did that went against what their rules were or their secret handshake was and it was this arbitrary rule that they made up and uh, some of us have left churches because they had some rules like that that just aren't in scripture but people make up on their own right go to the denominationalism page there for a second back or forward forward yeah, the sun. So, yeah, just another thing on this real quick, um, the denominationalism. And, Matt, we were just looking at uh, a, a church. Uh, yeah, we were. A, a faith uh, organization's min, uh, uh, mission, statement. mission statement. Right. And uh, those are those are in addition to scriptural requirements. Yeah. And it's so if you don't believe the trinity yeah. you can't be a member yeah and i don't see anywhere in scripture that says you have to believe the trinity to be saved yeah and sadly a lot of people will say well no i don't believe that but then they'll say you're not a christian and you're going to hell if you don't believe in the trinity so you got to be careful with stuff like that because it's you'll find it if there's a mission statement that is outside of uh we follow Yeshua and we and the Torah. That's your mission statement. Mm -hmm. And if it's above and beyond that, now you're now you're Phariseeing essentially. Yeah. 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 I've even seen people do that like with Apostle the Apostles Creed or in the Apollo Creed, yeah. Apollo Creed, yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. So but uh, I've seen yeah, definitely people can have uh, some different things that they require people to do and and for submission uh, or adherence to to be a part of the club. And then how many churches can, you know, the other thing I saw was um, church sometimes was a country club. It was a the good old boy club. And, and if you were in that group and, and sometimes even within church, there were these other cliques that were even tighter and closer. And, and uh, you know, the, or the pastor would have, his special chosen ones that, that, you know, and if, if they interacted with you, then you felt real special. And if you, if you weren't in that circle, then you're like, Oh, I guess I don't matter. And, uh, and that's, that's the problem with, with all of that. Yeah. I think there's uh you know, one of the things I think about is if our church community was as strong as it's supposed to be, would the country be in the, in the situation it's in. I mean, I know that near the end, it's supposed to get bad and all that stuff, right? It's, you know, the Romans one takes over and uh, people are, you know, making, inventing new ways of, of, of being, uh, you know, what, what's the word I'm thinking of? Degenerate, basically. Oh. So, um, so we know it eventually comes to that, but it's, it's, no, I see where you're going. It's not Yah making that happen. He's saying this is what's going to happen because you guys won't listen, mm -hmm. essentially. You get your hearts are hard. Right. And so you don't, you're not allowing him to write the Torah on his, on your heart, which is what he's wanting to do. Right. So the, po the point would be, and I know we don't really, I hate to jump into like, you know, current events and stuff because it kind of 
uh, time, date, time, date, date, timestamp stuff. But uh, like in Iowa, they just had the uh, the Baphomet statue oh, in, yeah. the, in the in the in the courthouse, courthouse, or... right? And so state hall capital probably the capital yeah and so um and one guy goes and you know destroys it and and now he, he you know he's going through issues with the law of course but the point would is why is it, why is this one guy from mississippi mind you have to come up to iowa to do this where's the 50 pastors from Iowa going uh I don't think so and they go together and say this this is evil and not not what the founders intended it's not what this country's about it's not what right and wrong allows and, and it 50, wouldn't even have to be pastors but just but, uh, yeah. anybody if but the if the church is supposed to be showing morality mm-hmm. to the to the unwashed masses why are 50 of them not show up and take it out of there? And who's going to stop that? Yeah. No one. Yeah. So wake up men. That's right. And, and that's what you see too in all through Torah. Unfortunately, the book of Judges is a great example where the people, they didn't know what they were supposed to do. They had the Torah. They did. They stopped reading it, passing it down, paying attention to it, putting it into practice. So they didn't hold their leadership accountable because they didn't know it. And there's like, oh, yeah, I don't know. And that's kind of what we see again today. People, they don't know. People don't, you know, as a whole, aren't reading scripture, aren't putting it in practice. They're relying on other people to do it. And when, mm-hmm. and if you rely on other pe- people to do it and they don't do it, you're in trouble. Then they can <laughs> Pharisee it up that's just right. like these guys did and lord it over people and now you're part of the country club again and now you've you've forgotten what it's all about and you're going down these crazy denominationalist paths and i'm glad you, that you said about men waking up because that is true you know many men are asleep at the wheel and uh, you know unfortunately there's a lot of strong men out there who they might be in charge of their family so to speak and kind of in charge of their children and like you got to run it through dad and and, uh, you know, it's not an easy thing to do, and mm-hmm. uh, they, they seem pretty tough. But it, but then when it comes to faith and spiritual matters, they leave it all to their wife. And they're like, whatever. Whatever she wants to do, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. And, uh, and, and I think there's a special anointing on men. Uh, all, all the research shows that this is true, that in a family, if a man is serious about his faith, and his children are going to be serious. Right. Where if you have a, a mother who's serious about the faith, her faith and, and her husband isn't, the um, the children aren't as likely to take it on and be serious. You know, like the percentage drops greatly. And, right. you know, science doesn't have an explanation for it, but, but I believe it's it has it's a spiritual explanation that there's a special anointing on men when they take take these things on and 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 own them and and that's a prayer we need to be praying for all the men that we know from our children grandchildren to the people that we're you know related to in our families that the men in these families would wake up and realize one that they're in a spiritual battle for their life that the enemy is trying to destroy them trying to destroy their family and certainly trying to steal their children away and the enemy will 
if the man is not on point and doesn't have the sword of the spirit, you know, those, those things we read about, uh, you know, the, the armor of God, uh, if, if he's not thinking that way, you know, it's going to cause him lots of problems. Yeah. And it, it's not like, uh, um, you know, Satan's going to get you. I mean, he's, he's under the authority of Yah. He cannot do outside of Yah's will. But the thing is, uh, the parable of the talents, he's, yes, Yah is in control of things, but he's given you talents. And what are you doing with them? Are you burying them saying, well, Yah, I'll take care of it all. Or are you trying to do with what he's given you? And I think that's kind of, that needs to play into your your uh, formula as well. So how do we circle this back to the Pharisee thing? I think I have an idea, but... Go ahead. So I think the way you circle this back to talking about the Pharisees is we, and especially, you know, men who should be the spiritual leaders of their home um, need to be praying and taking on this leadership and owning this and not putting this on someone else. And that's that's what happened with these Pharisees is the men in these these communities they they put off their responsibilities and gave it to someone else and said, "Hey, these guys are going to tell us what to do." And instead of uh going the Torah is going to tell me what to do, not this other man. And and that's where it goes off the rails. Is, right. is when we're relying on another man to come in and tell us how to be. And in, in, in our whole world, our whole society is geared up. We like Pharisees. You know, tell me we don't like Pharisees, but I tell, you know, because doctors and lawyers and, and everyone that goes to school and has degrees behind your name, th- th- those are all examples of what a Pharisee is because Pharisees were people who went to school and had degrees and had the sheepskin on the wall. They were the experts, right? They were. They were the guys that went to college. And, and what so, would we do without experts? Yeah, I know. And I think that that's that's the problem is we worship expert. I would say you could argue that uh, worship of experts they they've become our our priest of this day. Yeah, and and so we've done the same thing, but maybe our Pharisees today are, are more along those lines. And so like, um, you know, think about how many, uh, you, you know, that sorry that was going to rabbit trail nap, so I won't. But 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 definitely. Um, yeah, we should take ownership and not put it on someone else. Yeah, and I like that you were how you were uh, how you brought that back because uh, it really ties in really well. Because the reason that the Pharisees were able to rise up is because of the lack of uh, st- uh, standard, the lack mm-hmm. of st- stance by the people. Uh, remember, yeah. we like to talk about how. Um, they had the priesthood, right? Mm-hmm. But then they also had leaders of the tribes, and those leaders of the tribes were to hold the priesthood accountable to what they were supposed to be doing. Yeah. And they never, and they didn't. And so it, again, it's it's what we see today. We get the mm-hmm. leaders that we deserve. The reason that we have leaders that that do unjust things is because the people are unjust. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's well said. So, Pharisees, yeah, are unjust leaders. <laughs> so I think that uh, we need to kind of wrap up uh, part three of who the Pharisees are. Once again, this is 
uh, one of four in the in the series. And so if you just joined it in the middle, um, go back, maybe listen to the first two. But bottom line, more important that, than that is, is read this read Yah's word for yourself. Uh, don't take our word for it. Um, see what it says. Yeah, go check out the context of all the verses we brought up and the verses on that list and uh, see if they hold up. And you you know form your let let uh, Yah kind of speak to you through what what the word He's given you. So yeah, and uh, just a plug for Sabbath Lounge. Go check out the website and uh, find all your tour portions. All these uh, episodes are posted there, so you can see them there uh, along with uh, uh, the tour portions and uh, Fellowship Finder and calendars, all that stuff. So um, so check that out all free Ooh, yeah you can pull our slides and uh, we would be none the wiser yep that's right so we appreciate your time uh, today and we ask that you would like it and um, comment subscribe leave us a comment especially leave us a comment if you have a story about uh, pharisees and you know maybe some example where you've seen it um, or, or if you have called it yeah yes. or been called it um, or, or you have questions about it, just let us know. Right. So, so uh, yeah, so tune in next time for part four. Part four and final conclusion Ooh. of Who Are the Pharisees? It will solve the matter. That's right, once and for all. Well, this is Matt. <laughs> and Jake. Signing out.